Alright everybody, welcome to uh, episode 6 of Tell Me Where to Turn. This is Glenn, I'm here with Tommy, no Dave this week. Um, just to know where you can, uh, so you know where you can reach us. Uh, let's go to the confusing subject of Twitter handles. And uh, you can reach me at 3 underscore, underscore 11 Glenn. And then you can reach Tommy at Tommy 2 underscore 0. Uh, you get pretty good at this. Plenty on the slate this week, but I believe we're starting out with breaking Rangers Stadium news. Is that correct? That is correct. I was just casually scrolling through my Twitter timeline, as I'm known to do, and first saw a story by a less than reputable source, and then within 20 minutes, Evan Grant had a story about it that the Rangers in the city of Arlington have come to an agreement on a new retractable roof stadium. Wow. So this is basically what they should have built like 20 years ago is what we're doing now. Pretty much, pretty much. And short of that, there were many details in the story, which really caused my mind to wonder. And the first question I had, and I'm not intimately familiar with the area, but are we just to assume they're going to build it kind of in the same general footprint as the Death Star and the current uh, Globe Life Field? I think I would think so. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals, when they built the new Bush Stadium next to the old Bush Stadium. Excuse me, what stadium? <laughs> I'm a big fan. What? Uh, it doesn't sound like the kind of place I'd be interested in at all. No. Honestly. It, Sounds like a place I would avoid at all costs. I've actually been there. I've been just neck deep in Bush Stadium before. And we can get to that, a little oh. bit of that later. But um, I think when they built their new ballpark downtown, they built it like right next to where the old one was. Um, I, I don't think the – there's no way they could have overlapped because then you've got to, you know – tear one of them down before you build the other but i think it's basically on the same the 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 same part of downtown is where they built it so yeah i mean otherwise pool holes would have been like having to step over you know like some construction cones or whatever to mosey on over to first base to make an out i don't know so you think that what what you're insinuating is maybe he would have high-fived a relative like after he hit a single or something like that I uh, really don't know what you're talking about, sir, but I do believe that uh, I honor and cherish all uh, ethnic backgrounds in this great, great nation that we live in, and I have uh, I have no idea where you're going with that. I don't know. We're we're making America great again, one washed up first baseman slash DH at a time. But uh, I think you're right. They would build it right next door or right in the same areas where the current ballpark is. And my guess obviously is the current ballpark ends up being a parking lot, man. And then they're going to get that high speed bullet train put in there with a drop off right in front. Things are really looking up for the can do city of Arlington. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think so. And I'm not, I want to say I'm not, I'm not surprised that, Arlington is willing to build this. Um, I am a little disappointed that when you sent this to me, I really had my fingers crossed this is what, that this was a retractable roof somewhere in or near downtown Dallas and not in Arlington. I know. I know. But knowing our luck, it would have been in Frisco. Uh, Actually, that would have been okay for me. But Fine with me. Yeah, it's, you know. The... No, I, I – well – in my limited uh, touring of this great nation of baseball stadiums, I, I'm very partial to the downtown stadium. I just, I really think there's some kind of a, a classic feel and the the walkability of it that you that's really hard to match. But you know what? When it's freaking yeah. 110 degrees outside, if they're willing to put a roof on something, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care it, where it is, unless it's in yeah, Mesquite, but, and then I'm out. Yeah, not in Mesquite, uh, probably not in Forney. Um, but yeah, pretty much anywhere else. Put it in the mid cities. Put it in Bedford next to Pennington Field, and I would uh, make a trip over there. Uh, but yeah, I wish we could get a downtown ballpark. In my uh, my one lone trip to St. Louis, that's just a 
just an awesome scene to be walking through the downtown of a city and just turn a corner and there's a there's a, a baseball field there for a major league team. It's Absolutely. amazing, amazing atmosphere. We'd like to have that here, but I mean, if you're telling me, even if it's in the same place, like you said, retractable roof and there's a nice you know, July day where I don't have to sit in the elements of 107 degrees. I can sit in some air conditioning. I'm all for that. Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like from reading the story that Arlington probably was pretty smart to get out in front of this before the fervor of, hey, let's build a downtown stadium when the lease is up really got very large because they they pretty much sounds like they swooped in, got a deal done they had the trump card to play in that negotiation, which is, hey, well, when the stadium gets built, we'll let you out of the rest of the lease on the old stadium since it's staying in Arlington, which nobody else is going to be able to do. So that gets the Rangers what they want, you know, several years sooner than they would have otherwise. Gets Arlington what they want that keeps the team there. Now now I just hope they don't freaking make the thing too big. That that would be my next, uh, my next point. Right after the downtown stadium, let's not try to make another 50,000-seat stadium. We don't need – baseball doesn't need that. No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I think you need more of an intimate venue. I mean, I, you probably cap the thing at about forty to forty-two thousand as far as capacity is concerned. Yeah, I mean, as as someone who struggles with intimacy, uh, I really would like to have an intimate <laughs> venue here in my town. I mean, you're going to sell it out on opening day, um, and if you make the playoffs and obviously the World Series, which will be in probably about three out of every ten years. At but, least. Yeah, obviously. But um, other than that, I think I think less is more uh, when it comes to the new stadium. What we don't want to do is build like the, the new Yankee Stadium, which is the baseball equivalent of Cowboys Stadium, which is, like you said, it's just way too big. You remember that time that – you and I went and visited Yankee Stadium, and we had gotten lost about six hours earlier from each other in the day, and then we both walked in the front of Yankee Stadium, had no idea where the other one was, and literally walked right into each other? It was, uh, well, I don't know if walked into each other is the way to, to phrase it, but it was a magical moment as I was navigating my way through New York City by myself, uh, going to visit a... Uh, have lunch with a friend and then navigate the subway system and then get back to Yankee Stadium and then meet up with the rest of the group. Being by myself, trying to communicate via phone and or text message, which was a complete failure. Fortunately, I had my ticket with me. Um, But yes, that was quite a coincidence as I rounded the corner there and then saw the group of people that we were with. Just It's like you were just ready and waiting in this city of 55 million people. I have no idea how much how many people actually live there, but I feel like that has uh, to be an overshot, right? It has to be. It just feels like it feels like an overshot. But I mean, I feel like we need to we we can't let you get away with um the extreme brag of that you have a friend that lives in New York City too. That I mean, come on. I get this. 55 million people or no. Come on. Not only do I have a friend who lives in he lives in Brooklyn to be specific. He's also from Jamaica, so he's a Jamaican living in Brooklyn. So there you go. Drop the mic and just exit stage left. As we've established over the course of time, you embrace all the internationals. You have lots of international friends, a man of high culture. Yeah. I, no question. I mean, I stand firmly behind that. That still, that still feels the need to take a shot at Pujols for no reason. I was really just interpreting your statement more more than anything else. So, but I think overall our assessment is that uh, new stadium is great idea. Uh, what what year is this going to be built by? At least as proposed. I think there's going to be a lot more details that come out on it. But the the way that I interpreted the article is that this is something that would get underway pretty soon. I believe the the old lease is up in 2024 and they were saying it would be open in advance of that. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe in the wow. early twenties. That's exciting. That will most likely be in one of our two lifetimes. <laughs> I don't know that I'm comfortable saying both of our lifetimes, but probably one of our two lifetimes. 
Well, I plan on living literally forever, so I think I'm going to be good here. But that's this is if this comes to fruition, this is awesome news. Hey, and I've made a lot of I made a lot of bold claims in my life, but um, hey, if this comes to fruition, I may be a season ticket holder, or at least a, a half season ticket holder, or a mini season ticket holder plan. I will buy some kind of plan of games if this comes to fruition. Well, if this was a downtown Dallas or nearby ballpark, there's no question. Maybe not season ticket holder. There's no way I'm getting tickets to 81 games, but I'd probably say 20 minimum. You still got the travel time and everything to Arlington. That's a big factor, but I'd be willing to say the fact that I make it out there maybe one to three times per season – at least doubles, if not triples, when we have a retractable roof. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and of course, this will probably change once they open the stadium. But I, I know, at least for me, I'm always walking into free tickets, but it's always during a day game in the summer. And my strong stance against day baseball in Arlington is, is um, unless I'm in a suite, I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't typically walk into suite tickets there's a lot of convenient day games during the summer and if they had a roof on that thing yeah i could easily see myself you know in the double digit number of games attended easily easily how how they built the ballpark or globe lot whatever you want to call it um can we call it amerishur let's call it amerishur i believe i believe it's ameriquest sir ameriquest sir oh ameriquest oh god edit that last part out please um the fact that they built this thing in the first place without a roof is pretty much embarrassing. Pretty much. It is embarrassing. I mean, it's like they they had no idea that it was 110 degrees in July here. I mean, I went to a day game in July last year and, you know, just bought kind of the whatever cheaper tickets I could get. But we couldn't even sit where our seats are. We had to sit 30 rows up, you know, in the upper level uh, on, like, the upper first base side. So we were in the shade because it was... Just hoping to catch some shade. Yeah, obviously. It was it was humanly impossible to sit where our seats were because it was 1,000 degrees. And then the fact that I had, like, a, a two-year-old and a newborn with me as well didn't help things. But even myself, there's no way I could sit in my actual seats. Hey, I know someone that has been hospitalized due to heat stroke from being at a Rangers game. It's a pretty big brag, I would have to say. But I think they're just from America, so it's not that exciting. Well, yeah, probably so. They weren't Scandinavian or anything like that? No, no. If they're not from Northern Europe, you're not going to get much of my attention. So you just told us this extremely interesting story about one time you were at a game and it was hot and you had to move seats yet and i'm just going to go ahead and pull the curtain back a little bit you and i are looking at uh taking a trip with some friends later in the year to go watch some baseball games on the east coast during the end of the summer you were given one job to do which was to purchase tickets for these games for the group and uh at when i came in behind you and did a little fact checking i found that for both the day games we're going to attend you Hey, we're proposing purchasing tickets literally staring right into the sun. How do you account for your actions? Well, there's three games that we're going to. The Let's, let's go to the third game, which is in uh, D.C. Our so nation's capital. Braves, yeah, Braves at Nationals. And the whole reason I put us on the first base side, at least proposed, was to be as close to the Nationals dugout as possible. Just hoping you could get a glimpse of your hero, of your idol. Yeah, my my hero, Mr. Harper. The man you pattern, um, your, pattern your life after. Pretty much. And also to just further the bit of me potentially, as proposed, dressing up as the, the fake Bryce Harper on that day. I need to be close to him for him to possibly catch a glimpse of me and maybe we get some kind of a picture or something like that. Wow, you've got you've got your you need to lower your expectations here a little bit. You you've already in your mind cocked this up where you're going to get a picture. 
that, that you guys are going to lock eyes across the stadium. He's going to be like, wow, that looks like a cool guy that I want to be friends with. I'm going to go see if he wants to get a picture with me. Well, to be honest, my, my expectation is that we'll, I don't know, we'll, we'll get like an apartment together or maybe some kind of a beach house or something like that and become best friends. Maybe you guys can get like on a co-ed softball team, you know, in the off season, just hang out, eat a lot of wings, drink beer. 27 forever. Yeah. um, That was the thought behind it. But then I totally agree. Um, Just from personal experience and from other folks who have traveled to other ballparks and been to a day game and, and said, uh, yeah, it was basically ruined because it was so hot and we were sitting directly in the sun. I have, uh, I've surrendered to the request, and I've looked for what are now third base visiting side tickets for those games, so we're not staring directly into the bright star of the sun. I know, and I feel like I feel like the all this was done begrudgingly. And if we really are going to live to see this new stadium get built, you really should be thanking me because DC is the third day of what you know can only be described as what's going to be a full throttle trip. And when you think about how little sleep and how much alcohol we're going to have under our belts at that point. The last thing you're going to want to be doing on the last day of the trip is sitting out there cooking in the sun. Yeah, you're probably right. Right. Bryce Harper or no. Yeah, you're probably right. And I heard, um, well, I heard this referenced on a podcast I was listening to today, but I've always referred to this. I don't know if we want to do this on the trip, but I've always termed this myself as the nine inning challenge. Um, and I don't know if we want to do this at one of the games, but the challenge is, um, between obviously first pitch and final out that an individual would consume nine beers and nine hot dogs during the course of a game. (laughs) Oh, I don't, I don't know what would be harder for me, the, the beer or the hot dogs that I, I don't think I could do. I don't think I could eat nine hot dogs. I, I think that's the more challenging piece of it. I mean, I think. Uh, I know. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think. I think drinking nine beers. I mean, you figure. Okay, it's a game. It's going to last. Let's say three hours, ten minutes, something like that. Oh, we got and we got some National League games uh, in play here. We we could easily we could easily push that a little bit further if we needed to couple of double switches get called kill some time it could happen i agree but yeah i think the nine hot dogs is the is the biggest challenge there so i don't know if anybody is going to be willing to take that on um out of the group that's going on this trip i know there's one guy that's going to be eliminated off the bat uh <laughs> i don't know if anybody's going to be able to take that on i i couldn't do it uh just to my own self-admission the nine beers Sign me up, but uh, the nine hot dogs within that time, my, my stomach is just too weak. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to go all nine. I might be able to go all five, but that'd be about it. Well, in the guy that you automatically eliminated, I, I would have a lot of confidence that he could do the nine hot dogs if we if we change beer to Dr Pepper. I think we might we might have something. Adding adding a. Adding yet another level of intrigue to this trip, which I, I think is funny, and it, I think it dovetails nicely with your nine-inning challenge because this may be be the way, um, maybe a way to actually make that a reality. So we we the 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 group we settled on is is six of our buddies that are going on this trip, and uh, we've got one of the buddies who's a little bit more uh, uh, on the particular side, and he was pretty adamant that uh, he wanted his own hotel room on the trip. And we're all, uh, we're all getting up there in age. I, I think when we first started doing these trips, we would sleep four or five guys in a room. No problem. You know, we, we did Vegas one time, I think with seven guys in a room and that was cool. Right. Wow. But, but Hey, we're, we're all a little bit older now. Some of us, you know, yourself, uh, are doing, doing very well financially. We've, we've reached a point in our life where we could, we could afford to pay for our own hotel room or at least just double up with one other guy. So Basically, where we where where we ended up is. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's be careful how we phrase this, not give the wrong idea. Well, I mean, hey, I'm you know pretty much up for anything. Different different area codes, uh, you know. 
I mean, you, however you identify on a day-to-day basis when it comes to going to the bathroom is your business, but... Right, it is, and it's a personal choice, and it's a okay. choice that's flexible. All right, well, go ahead. It can proceed. vary. But, but we've got, we basically ended up with five guys that were wanting to, to split a room with somebody else, and one guy that was dug in adamant that he had to have his own room, which puts us in a little bit of a tight spot, because that is, that is kind of a tricky thing to figure out, because we're talking about... Not not real expensive locations, but you know Washington D.C. is not a necessarily a cheap place to stay, and anywhere on the East Coast is going to seem a little inflated um, compared to North Texas. So we had you know we have the uh, email chain going back and forth. We're kind of trying to figure out a f- equitable way so that one guy can get his own room, everybody else can pay the price to share a room, but nobody's going to have to triple down on a room. Which you know we had some particular very particular set of rules. Well, the, the guy that got his own room kind of realized that he was the being difficult. And he said, you know what? Hey, I'll go ahead and spring for an, an extra room so that two sets of guys can double up and then I can have my own room. And then there'll be this extra single room each night. But this guy's got a good sense of humor. And he said, well, I'm not just going to give it to the same person every night. So the person that's going to get the room, the solo other solo room each night is going to be the person that earned the solo room. And I feel like the nine-inning challenge could put you very squarely uh, in the realm of earning your own room and, more importantly, probably earning your own toilet that night. Okay, I'm going to make a very big claim here oh and say that I'm going to earn I'm going to earn <laughs> that room every single night. <laughs> See, this will be the kind of thing we're going to have to take our uh, our laptops and our our uh, podcasting equipment on the road we will have to we will have to do a nightly uh, a short nightly update on uh on how the trip's going and then also who earned the room uh, and and you know what glenn i i wouldn't bet against you in this one buddy i i have every every degree of confidence that you could earn earn the room and i mean i feel like getting your picture uh taken with bryce harper is probably get you pretty close to earning the room too well let me tell you if that happens that will be by far the highlight of the trip and we could probably just pull out the shotgun and just end it right there if if that really happens if there's if there's ever an occasion where there's me standing next to Bryce Harper maybe with my arm around him or kind of doing the point to him and he's pointing at me <laughs> somebody's taking the shot on their iPhone life has reached its upper limit at that point <laughs> well i'll make sure to i'll make sure to make sure the Pack the pack the gun when we go on the trip, just in case. Do the shotgun, just in case we need it. Yeah, why not? So, so speaking speaking of your hero, though. Yeah. Uh, and it, he's been in the news a little bit lately. Are are you totally back in his uh, his approach, his mentality, his approach to the great game of baseball, this the tradition rich game of baseball? I don't know if you want me to get started on all this because i fully back his uh oh boy his 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 stance on there's a shocker a lot of uh i think for the most part his bryce harper's stance is that tradition in baseball is sg or really stupid and the fact that someone can't hit a home run and flip their bat or show some personality etc etc I mean, the fact that no one can do that is ridiculous. Now, I don't think, don't take it to the extreme that I think somebody hits a home run in, you know, game 70 of a 162-game season and they start doing cartwheels down the first baseline. (laughs) That is over the top. But the fact that somebody hits a home run and it's viewed as that they – looked at it too long or they flipped their bat too far or all this stuff is just so stupid. And then like months later, Hey, we remember this. We're going to go ahead and just take the most chicken S move and plunk you in the, in the side with a 95 mile an hour fastball because we were, we were grossly offended by you staring at your 420 foot home run four months back. So what you're saying is you're, you're, um, so you're against the Rangers is what you're saying. This is interesting. It's an interesting take you're 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 putting out here. Uh you know what? Hey, the Jose Bautista bat flip in game five of a deciding playoff series that basically won it I mean that his home run won the series. He could do literally anything at that point in my eyes 
short of just like dropping his pants and I would have been okay with it. The fact that he <laughs> stared at the home run and threw his bat 20 feet, I don't care considering the moment and what was at stake at that time. Now, like I said, if he would have done that in early June in a meaningless game or well, not meaningless, but you know, in a, in hey, it's every game matters. Where, yeah, I agree. Um, it's not, you know, in something that's not an elimination game. Yeah. That's just, it's just silly more than anything else. But so you, so you're basically going to move to Canada then. I mean, this is what, it, this is what I'm hearing you say. You're just going to, you're, you're, you're this against, you're this much against America and against Texas and against justice being handed out that you're, you're going to side with the dirty Canadians on this. What we need is a team who just gives two middle fingers to all these unwritten rules in baseball and has no fear to hit a home run and just flip their bat into the opposing team's dugout. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So say we're at the, we're at nationals ballpark and you've got your eye black on and your Harper game worn Jersey on and something, all this if. Some, I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> Something something happens and and you know Bryce needs you to just slide in there and take an AB for him during the game, hoping nobody will notice. And and you get a hold of one and send it over the left field wall, or maybe we'll say straightaway center. We'll make it we'll make it pretty. You your bat's going in the other team's dugout. <laughs> That's already been established. Oh my gosh, I would probably considering my lack of talent to hit a fastball if that were to happen i would probably walk my bat over to the visitor's dugout and hand it to the opposing manager (laughs) and then just slowly trot around the bases and do i would work in the kirk gibson whatever that was he was doing yeah after the uh home run against eckersley yeah i would do the both hands up in the air that joe carter joe carter did in the walk off against philly and then uh, to do the four, the forty yard dash uh, from third to home. No, we won't do the forty yard dash. Uh, dong falling out, but I think we might end it. I, I was very impressed with the uh, the ending to the Chris Davis home run trot, where he launched his batting helmet from thirty feet out to home plate as part of his walk off grand slam. I might have to steal that. I thought that was a pretty good bit. <laughs> can you can you even imagine the how poor Bryce Harper is going to get drilled the next time the real Bryce Harper comes up to take it at bat. And you would have done that to your hero. That's unbelievable. <laughs> at that point, it's not my problem, but I also think that guy can, he can make it through anything. He's the best player in the world. Unbelievable. But, but tell me seriously, as a Rangers fan, when Bautista hit that home run and, and everything that was going on in that game, I mean, you, you wanted to punch him in the face at that moment, right? I mean, tell me you at least, at least, not even arguing the merits of whether or not he should have been excited or flipped the bat or whatever. I, I, I don't, I don't even totally disagree with you on that point. But you, as a Ranger fan, wanted to punch him in the face at that moment. I guess I can't completely answer that question because I wasn't watching on TV when it happened. I was listening on Whoa. the radio. Whoa! I'm really sorry, but Whoa. I was uh, I was making my way home from my low wage earning job when that as happened. a sandwich artist. Yes, as a uh, uh, trainee sandwich artist at the uh, subway at Beltline and Plano Road, um, and. I almost drove my vehicle off the road when I when I heard it, but I didn't see it until after the fact. But so I don't know what my reaction would have been in the moment, but after the fact, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And on and on the reverse side, let's say you know whoever, um, I don't think Beltre would have done it, but I'm trying to think of Hans somebody or Alberto, on, somebody on the Rangers that would have done the same thing. I said Hanser Alberto. I think he would have done it. I think he would yeah. have bat flipped. Okay, let's say Hanser Alberto <laughs> hits the same home run and does the same bat flip. I mean, we are just basically pelvic thrusting at that until we're paralyzed from the waist down. I mean, we're not looking at I don't at disagree. That. I don't disagree with you. So, 
so it comes back to the whole Seinfeld theory that we just root for laundry. We're not rooting for individuals or some level of class or whatever. It's just whatever jersey they're wearing, which is why I never had a problem at all with the bat flip. I think for the most part, and in big situations like that, that's exactly what baseball needs to remain relevant. Oh, wow. So you're getting very deep on us now. I am. I'm telling you, baseball is fine with our generation. If, uh, you know, it's maybe borderline whether you're in my generation or not. But as far as our kids are concerned, if baseball doesn't adapt, I, I don't think baseball is going to die. But it's going to fall further and further down the list as far as favorite sports are concerned. In adapt, you mean a bunch of guys painting their faces black, throwing bats up into the stands, and doing cartwheels to first base. That's adapting to you? Pretty much. Maybe go shirt off after the home run. Jeez. Because I'm telling you, we, we look forward to the future. 2035. Soccer is going to be more popular than, than baseball in this country. Well, we'll have lived through President Trump at least until then. So, oh, he'll he'll still be president, because <laughs> we'll we'll get it amended where there's just unlimited terms, and Trump will be president for at least four or five terms until he figures out how to be immortal, and then he'll be our president forever. Wow, you know we need to do we need to do a political show sometime. I think that would be hilarious. I think it, I think it would be. Probably just more due to our lack of any relevant knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, for I'll give you a good example, right? So I spend too much time on Facebook as it is, but I mean, everybody has got an opinion about this Target bathroom situation. And, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, who goes to the bathroom at Target? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's actually like I I've ne- I never go I go to the bathroom at home and then I go to Target I don't go to the bathroom at Target. Who goes to Target? <laughs> no, I do all kinds of shopping there, but that is a good point. I mean, the only the only reason I would ever go to the bathroom at Target would be an emergency situation where I would literally be willing to go to the bathroom anywhere, like the men's restroom, the women's restroom in the new ranger stadium in front of 50,000 people. I mean, I'm at a point where it pride and shame are not a factor. Oh, I've had a few of those incidents, my friend. I uh I can definitely I can definitely sympathize with that feeling. I actually I've had to literally leave my car parked sideways and running to get inside a place one time. I actually uh experienced that on this past weekend. Um Oh, no. Yeah, it was a tough one. Oh, no. Got up uh, early in the morning, hit the gym, you know, blast the lats and everything. Maybe maybe do a few too many deep squats? Probably so. So many lunges. Just so many lunges. And then uh, had to take the wife's car to get an estimate for a wreck that she was recently in, which we covered like nine episodes ago, but we still haven't had the car repaired. Man, that's... um... It's a little bit of delinquency. Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, so then I was driving. I don't even remember what else I needed to do. There was something else I needed to do. And I was driving to get to said errand when all of a sudden there was a very immediate and sudden pain that hit me and an urge that could not be ignored. And uh, I took an immediate right turn from the center lane of the road I was on into a Whataburger parking lot and uh, visited their men's restroom because that's the gender gender that I identified with on that day um, and went ahead and left. uh, And and I'm sure sure everybody that would have used the women's restroom probably appreciated that decision. Probably so. I mean, I I left a nice present for them and then uh, finished off with that excursion and then walked out and said, hey, I'm here. It's like 8.30 in the morning. I might as well have a breakfast on a bun while I'm here. <laughs> because they are super delicious. Sometimes you got to get right back on the horse. You yeah, know? absolutely. So finished that off and then went on my, my merry way. But it's not often that you're like five minutes from your house, but there's no way you're going to make it home. You've just got to turn right into whatever business you're looking at. 
a Whataburger. Uh, well, well, I gotta say, my my most comparable experience like that to you ended in a Burger King of all mm. places. So I feel like we've got the we've got the fast uh, fast serve hamburger market covered. Wow, I, it sounds like it. Now I did not. I did not uh, step out and uh, get a double Whopper, though. I just uh, kind of looked around to see if uh, anybody had noticed the urgency in which I came in and felt comfortable they didn't, and just made my way back out to the car. Once I got done, I was basically reborn. It was a it was a new life, and you know, I I I don't think I can walk into a Whataburger without eating there or walking out with some kind of food item. It's just a magical place. Yeah. I you know I completely agree. Now I could easily do that at a Burger King. In fact, oh. most of the times I would walk into a Burger King and walk out with nothing cuz I freaking hate that. Yeah, I, I think Whataburger is a different story. Yeah, I think it's more likely for me to walk into Whataburger with diarrhea and walk out with food than at Burger King it's the opposite. You walk in with nothing, you get food, and then you walk out with diarrhea. That's full blown. Yeah, diarrhea. that's Burger Clean, Burger King, Burger Clean. What the hell? Burger King slogan at this point. I don't think at Burger Clean they have sesame seeds <laughs> on the bun. No, that's at McDowell's. That's a uh, that's quite a quite a tale of colon spasticity. Yeah, I uh, I could certainly I could certainly sympathize with you. So um, back to. Back to the great game yes. of baseball, just for one more one more minute. The all this talk about the unwritten rules had has kind of got me thinking. I and you you have to a lesser degree, but have been dabbling in the world of rec league slow pitch softball. I feel like somebody's got to clue me in on the unwritten rules there because I, I'm really struggling right now. Well, gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, for me. One of the biggest rules with rec league softball is you shouldn't be dressed. I feel like you you have to have a you have to have a goatee. I think that's the first <laughs> unwritten rule. Well, you shouldn't be dressed like a real baseball player. Okay. Like that means I feel like any, any yeah any kind of uh, any kind of full baseball pants socks. Yeah. Unless you're doing a any bit. kind of real coordination between your. Hat, jersey, socks, pants—that that, that, that's probably an unwritten rule. I, th- I think I would agree with that. Yeah, if you're if you're dressed literally like Rogers Hornsby, then I'm okay with it. Like you're doing a bit, but if you think that that's just normal attire for you know D level softball to have the full jersey, pants, and everything, no, that that either. Well, how do you how do you feel about double batting gloves? Oh, okay. That's, um, man, that's a tough one. Cause you could just be using really crappy equipment. So I think I'm okay with that as long as you don't adjust both gloves like after every pitch, like Nomar would do. Oh, okay. So a so a uh, unwritten rule would be that any kind of pre pre pitch routine on the batter side is unacceptable. Oh my gosh. Well, let me let me tell you uh, let me tell you about this guy I encountered a couple of weeks ago. First of all, he he uh, if we were making a list of unwritten stereotypes of softball, he had he had them all. He had a, he had a goatee. Uh, he was about two hundred and fifty pounds and five foot nine, so that's stereotype number two. He was uh, wearing two different uh, apparel items that had camouflage on them, which is uh, and not just army camouflage, but you know brightly colored purple camouflage which i think is stereotype number three but uh he was very determined to make sure that he had time to get through his pre at bat routine before every pitch so what he would do is he would walk into the batter's box and uh he was too cool to raise his hand and ask for time so he would say to the umpire i'm verbally asking you for time wow and then he would go through his adjustment and first of all verbally asking while you're verbally asking somebody is very redundant but true i'm not sure he knew what the word redundant or verbally meant so i wasn't going to get into that with him and then he would go through his routine and then say okay i'm ready uh pitch would come in he would take the pitch because he's not going to swing at the first pitch because you got to work the count in softball um 
step out of the box and then before he stepped in would say, I'm verbally asking you for yeah. time. And I really wanted the ump after a while because we, we, we encountered this guy. It was a, it was a softball tournament. We encountered him two different games, you know, four or five at bats a game. I really wanted the ump at some point to just say, I'm verbally telling you no. <laughs> Get in the freaking box. Yeah, I think that's just way too much. There's just not enough on the line. It's freaking softball. Like you really I feel like this guy would be really upset to hear you say there wasn't enough on the line because I feel like for him everything was on the line. That this might have been what his whole year was culminating towards was this uh kind of half-assed Saturday softball yeah. tournament. And what do you really need to be prepared for? The ball is about to be thrown to you at like 17 miles an hour. You know, I mean get your in the most dainty way possible. Yes, absolutely. Just get your feet set, whatever. You know, maybe there's a practice swing or whatever just to get you in the right mind or timing. But other than that, you don't need a routine. Unless this guy had a funny bit, like he was straight up like Julio Franco batting stance, then I'm all for it. But anything short of that, that is just a giant waste he didn't of have He didn't have a funny bit. His funny bit was that he was a huge a-hole and uh, argued balls and strikes, and he did that. And I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, that real aggravating where he put both of his feet really close together in the back of the batter's box and then kind of took a bunny hop running step towards uh, the ball as it was coming in. I mean, it, it, he was just the quintessential thing. I mean, I love, I love playing the game of softball. I hate softball players, and this, is, this guy is – why I hate softball players. He was, he was the epitome of everything I hate about yeah. softball players. This guy, and and he brought about thirty of his friends to, amongst a smattering of other teams, to pretty much make, uh, you know, an otherwise beautiful uh, spring Texas day absolutely miserable. There was a there was one guy in the other team, and and if I gave this guy credit for being two fifty and five nine, this guy was three fifty and probably five ten, and he hit one over the fence, which you know. I'll give him some credit. The fences there are, are pushed back a little bit further where we were playing. Uh, you think Bryce Harper was bad. He threw his bat straight down on home plate and said, that's what I'm talking about. Scream, that's what I'm talking about at the ball. And you don't have to run the bases in softball. You just have to run to first base, and then they give you credit for rounding the bases, which is good because I don't think he'd have made it all the way around. <laughs> it. Cardio wasn't going to make it there. But he threw his bat down, said, that's what I'm talking about, ran, stopped on first base, then made a short right and assumed the position of first base coach after hitting his home run and continued to say, that's what I'm talking about for the rest of the inning. Wow. Well, I wouldn't, yeah. um, it wouldn't be a strike against him if he, if he made it, if he went ahead and just ran all the bases because from someone who – Oh, he wasn't making it around no, all the bases. I mean, he's probably – heart disease is going to take him down like – Age 45. Yeah, he would have had a myocardial infarction before he made yeah. it around the bases. There's no yeah. question. Uh, but as as someone who has taken full advantage of going ahead and just running all the bases whenever he's hit something that cleared the fence, because he doesn't know if it is or you know would ever happen again, I wouldn't fault him if he ran all the bases. Boy, I'll tell you what, your your liberalism in baseball is really – Are you, do you have a feel the burn shirt on too? <laughs> No, I just feel like I feel like you've you've gone all the way away from traditional American values, and now you're you're just basically endorsing being a hot dog in all in all uh, all phases of the game, from the uh, from the rec leagues all the way up to the bigs. I would say everything is good in moderation. We just can't have just too many. A guy who endorses the nine inning challenge is now trying to make the case for moderation. Well, with the nine-inning challenge, it's not much as much about moderation as it is just pace. You know, you can, you know, an inning takes a long time. Just make sure you're not chugging this beer. You're not, for lack of a better term, deep-throating this hot dog. Just okay, a All little right. bit, <laughs> a little bit at a time, and you can just pace your way <laughs> through three three hours, and then right. you know, just nice and gentle, tender, uh, tender, exactly. And, um, and well, yeah, in this case, I I guess you can use your teeth a little bit, but, uh, (laughs) nobody, no, it never works out good using the teeth. Uh, but, um, Kobayashi didn't get where he was using his teeth. See, I say, no, just straight down, but 
And if you take the nine nine inning nine inning challenge, you might get lucky. It might be like a thirteen inning game. You got like an extra hour to work with. So you get an a- extra hour to start digesting all the that processed meat. Oh, all those all that. Pro- I feel like if you took the nine inning challenge, you'd have like the opposite problem that you did at Whataburger the other day. Oh, man. Like you'd be driving around, just driving back and forth past Whataburger, <laughs> just praying that would happen to you. Let me turn right. Um, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. So rule me out. I'm not eating nine hot dogs within the, within the, uh, span of nine innings. I've actually attempted this before and I made it to the seventh inning and I literally wanted to die. Well, there's been a lot of talk about you dying, but I'm impressed you made it to the seventh inning. I, I feel like on the last dollar hot dog night at Rangers ballpark that I went to, I, I ate like three hot dogs over the course of the whole game. And, and you know, people I was with were just like, come on, it's dollar hot dog night. we got to get our money's worth. And I'm like, oh man, two's plenty. Yeah. Three. That's a, that's, and that's, and that's over the course of nine innings. Well, I think this is just my theory. When you go to dollar hot dog night, those dollar hot dogs are not the same size as, regular hot dog night when it's like 950 for one the dollar hot dogs are a little smaller so so if you were going to assign like an ethnic background to a dollar hot dog compared to say a regular hot dog what would you go with i feel like i'm ranking the races here no we're just ranking hot dogs i don't know what you're talking about i i don't know i mean i'm saying to make it relatable you know i mean well i you know i've been watching some Game of Thrones recently, so maybe the dollar hot dog night is more of a, of an imp hot dog, and the regular hot dog is more of a mountain hot dog. And those are references you're not going to get because you've never seen an episode. So I I fell I fell asleep for a minute. I got real tired when I heard you say the word Game of Thrones. I didn't hear anything you just said. I'm sorry. I you're really missing out. You're spending too much time watching Flip This House and Fixer Upper. Oh my gosh! And you, Chip need... and Joe, don't be talking bad about Chip and JoJo, okay? I don't know who those people are, um, but if you're watching that because it leads to something else that benefits you, good for you. But I, I would highly recommend Game of Thrones. I'm only like 15 episodes in. I'm like, I'm still several years behind, but it is, it is quite good. It is quite violent. It is quite shocking. Let me just say, I've been watching. Um, I've watched almost every episode of Fixer Upper, and it has not led to a nine-inning challenge on, on at my house yet. Okay, well, we'll keep you in our prayers. And please, will you please watch Silicon Valley? Please. It will take you all of uh, maybe a week to get through it. They're thirty-minute episodes. Just please watch it. It's so funny. You know, there's a guy on there, and I can't. <sighs> I don't know what his name is, and I don't know what character he is. He's just, he's a tall, skinny guy that's on that show, that's a character on that show, and I don't know if you if you know who I'm talking about, but that's... Well, I know everything about that show, but I don't know which guy, because there's several tall, skinny guys. I know, I know, and that's why I can't verbally explain it without having seen at least one episode. I can't give you a name, but there's one guy on that show that I've seen him in other stuff, and I think he's so unfunny... That that's the reason I've never ventured down down that road to check that show out. Well, you need to you need to venture down that road, buddy, because there's there's nothing unfunny about that show. I may do it. I mean, it's a typically it's it's a thirty minute episode show, right? No, and it's a Mike it's a Mike Judge show. I think there's only ten episodes in a season. It's thirty okay. minutes, and once you get caught up, it's on right after freaking Game of Thrones, so you can just keep watching it. Be totally caught up with everything at that point. I didn't know Mike Judge was behind it. That's a big that's a big selling point. No, it's a huge selling point because it just everything that we appreciate about his comedy is just on display in the show. It's just it's just incredible. And then we can talk about it on the show and it'll give us some more material so we don't, we don't have to talk about Bryce Harper quite so much. <laughs> well, it's hard for me to resist that uh that subject matter, but I guess I can appreciate if we've got something else that provides a little more value. Very good. Well, was there anything else before we wrap up this most successful episode six? Was there anything else you felt like we needed to touch on tonight before we ride off into the proverbial sunset and begin our own nine inning challenges? Well, everybody's already talked about this. 
uh, during the course of this week, but um, the whole Odor punching Bautista right in the face, you were watching that game live, correct? I was. In fact, I feel like I texted you and several other people and got no response, and then about four or five hours later, it's all anybody wanted to talk about. I was there. I was watching the game. You know, a funny story, at least, oh, it's funny to me, um, I was actually in a Bible study okay. at the time, uh, which I needed. Tr- okay. Trust me. Um, Should we send them a transcript of what you've been talking about for the last hour here? Hey, we're just balancing things out. Um, but that's where I was, and I had received a text from you that said, Rangers fight. And it was very descri- I think feel like that was descriptive. It was it had good brevity. No, but but it also it also really told you what you needed to know to get by the channel. But my my confusion was as I'm in the middle of this you know the lesson that's being taught and discussed. Um, I had recently received a notification on my phone about Ian Desmond hitting a three run homer, and for some reason, initially I interpreted your comment of Rangers fight as some kind of just, I don't know. That was just very generic sports comment. Yes. So I like go Rangers, Rangers fight. Exactly. So I thought that hurts me that you don't know me better than that, (laughs) that I would not say something that generic. No, that's what I, I thought about responding basically like more or less like, what are you talking about? Is this like a, you know, on the same lines, is this like a go Rangers thing? But I was so confused and confounded at the time, I just didn't respond. And then you just opened the Bible back up. Yeah, I did. Um, And within minutes, I would say, I got something from someone else, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, a nice little uh, vine or gif, if you will, with check this out. And it was Rugnet Odor just given an Ivan Drago right cross to. Jose Bautista's Apollo Creed chin. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen short of short of Rocky. I don't know that I've ever seen a cleaner punch in in anything in in MMA and boxing. I I just don't know that there's ever been a cleaner punch than that. Well, and that brings me to, I guess my next point in all this. I'm not a huge fan of fighting in sports. I think. Not every time, but a lot of times. You know, hockey is the most common sport where there's fighting. I don't think it's staged, but I think it's just it's just unnecessary, and it gives the fans a reason to pound on the glass or whatever. But let's just move on, and you know, let's get that fringe sport moving along. Let's hit the puck around and whatever until it's over, until we can move on to something that people really care about. If in fact there is anything. If there in fact there is anything. Um, but I guess fighting has its place. I don't know that I condone what Odor did, but it was freaking awesome to see it. It was hilarious. I mean, it was really, really funny. And, and, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I mean, I was, I wanted to do that to Bautista after that home run. So yeah, I mean, it's seven months of delayed gratification, but it was totally worth it. It was hilarious. Right. Just the look on his face afterwards. And, I mean, when Beltre's holding him, he's he's out on his feet. I mean, you know, Beltre basically saved his life by pulling him out of there because I don't think Rugi was going to stop. I totally <laughs> I agree. he would have taken him right down, to the, right down to the ground and just started pounding his skull. But. And one of the things that stuck out to me afterwards was, you know, Bautista's comments that basically, you know, just trying to uh, – you know, lessen the impact, importance, or whatever of significance maybe of Odor's punch with, well, he didn't he didn't lay me out. It takes a bigger man to do that. I mean, basically, short of him just falling out unconscious or dying, I mean, like you said, Odor hit him with about as clean of a punch as you can imagine. And oh, I, yeah. I totally agree. If, if Beltre doesn't grab him, I don't think Odor is stopping there. I think he's he's no, going right no. after him again and just knocking him the f out right in front of everybody. Oh yeah, and and when Beltre's pulling him back, he, Bautista didn't want any part of getting back in there. Oh, he, believe me, he was done. He was he, he was done. He didn't get knocked out, and and credit to him. I don't know, 
I wouldn't know about taking a punch like that and still standing, but there's no question that he was wobbly and he didn't know exactly where he was at the time. Oh no, no, he, no, he was, like I said, he was out on his feet and I think it's hilarious. There were some parts of the Canadian media that were like, Oh, Beltre was holding him back. And it's so, you know, he's like, he's lucky that, you know, he Rodor's lucky he didn't get free about, he wasn't trying to get free of Beltre. He Beltre was holding him up from keeping him from falling on the ground. Right. Right, and and, and, it, and and the whole thing to me was just absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you've seen some of the still still photographs of when Donaldson ran out there and almost like just dove head first into another Odor punch. No, and, and talk about being out. You, you know, he's got all that mass moving right into a punch. What an idiot. Like, it, you know... Not that I know anything about fighting. I'm, I'm not a fighter, but my gosh, that there seems like some real bad strategic moves uh, being put out. But when you when you analyze that big scrum, there are so many funny things that happened in there. There was Elvis. There was um, Dyson pretty much doing the Bill Goldberg spear on somebody. See, that's... There were so many great, great things happening in there. The, I need to go back and watch it again because the Dyson uh, open field tackle is the one thing that I've not seen... Oh man, and, and Dyson ended up, I, and I don't know exactly if it was him going down or, or with the. Whoa, let me start over there. Him tackling the other guy, uh, but he, you know, he ended up with a cut on his face, and then he came out later that game, and I think worked the save that night. Or no, no, actually, I don't know if he got a save or a hole, but yeah, he came came out there with a cut on his face from from the scrum. Hey, why not? Which is just great. Just great. It was great. Yeah. And I, man, don't mess with don't mess with Banny Rooster either. Oh my. He, that's that's the, he he was ready to go with somebody. He, there was no question. That's the one part I wish we could have seen is the umpires not being able to hold him back or whatever, and see if if he and uh, Gibbons just went at it. Because I feel like Bannister would have just Gibbons dest- would have been in some big trouble. I'm afraid Bannister would have destroyed him. Oh yeah, it would have been the same thing as Odor. They'd have been having to pull him off there because that's the only way he would have got him to stop. Right. To disengage. So I, I, you know, going back to the beginning, I, you know, was it necessary to happen or whatever? It was fun to watch and everything. I was just glad that if they're all going to run out there, at least fight. Because usually what happens <laughs> is somebody plunks somebody in the hip and then the batter stares at somebody and then both teams run out there and then there's a basically a, a 50-man jerk off session off. <laughs> for, yeah for five minutes and nothing happens and it's like whatever and then you know just the whole idea of you know it was gutless for the rangers to throw at him in his last bad and yeah, all that um is there anything more more gutless than throwing a ball at someone from 60 feet away and hitting them with it. I'm not going to engage you in this conversation, sir. Okay. I believe in the I believe in the integrity and the fundamentals of baseball. There was another funny side note though, too. I don't know because you weren't watching the game, but directly following the game that night there was a Christian concert on the field with Toby Mack, formerly of DC Talk. Did you know that? You know, two things I didn't know. I didn't know there was <laughs> there was a Christian concert that followed the game. And I was not aware of the specific names of the individuals in DC Talk either. Wow. And you call yourself 311 Glenn and you couldn't name the original members of DC Talk. I couldn't name any of them. There was Kevin, Toby, oh Michael, gosh. you don't you don't this is not ringing a bell to you? One of them was a black guy, right? That was Michael. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen him in concert. I just want you to know. I've been there. Uh, I never caught DC Talk in concert. I know, I know, I'm familiar with the uh, with the track "Jesus Freak," but never seen them. That was some uh, of their fine. That was some person. of their finest work. Yeah. some of their finest work. Yeah, never seen that in person. So I. But no, I did feel like I did feel like there was some that was pretty funny as the uh, kind of the get the crowd get the crowd's mind right for worship music. Oh, absolutely. So. Wow. Well, it was very enjoyable just to have that kind of controversy. Brings attention to baseball here in uh, you know mid to late May, which is a good thing. So we don't have to wait till October till you know baseball's on the front page or whatever. 
Oh, it will be, buddy, all the way through October. And take that to the bank. Hey, if uh, Darvish comes back fully healthy and rolling, just get this bullpen squared away and just let me know what the odds odds are. I need to place some Rangers money on. Here's 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 my prediction. AJ Griffin makes a stunning comeback from his odd shoulder problem that doesn't appear to have structural damage. You comes back. Holland gets sent to the pen as the uh, left-handed long reliever. Okay. And uh, hey, we're gonna win. We're gonna win hundred games this year. There you go. Wow, that would be quite a run. And we'll be able to get that one last strike in uh, in game six, right? Absolutely. It ain't even to go to a game six. It'll be game four. Wow. I was there for game we're not six. Gonna, we're not going to lose a game through the whole playoffs. Hey, by the way, are the Cavs winning? Have you looked recently? Um, I haven't looked, but let me tell you, as the Cleveland Cavaliers are basically just playing the Dallas Wings of the WNBA in every one of these series, I don't care. Even as a huge basketball fan, I refuse to watch the Eastern Conference playoffs because – Well, I've got, a, I've got money, so I bet a guy – Basically, he has to give me $20 if the Cavs win the series. If the Raptors win the series, I have to give him $200. There's no, I don't even feel like I'm – I don't feel like I'm risking any – I feel like it's free money. No, it's free money. I mean, I have a uh, I have a text message from a friend that just says the Eastern Conference Finals suck, so I assume that means the Cavaliers are winning by about 25 points tonight. That's exactly what we need to happen. Right. Not that there was ever any doubt. All right, well, you got anything else? Because uh, i got to be honest, I'm about to piss my pants. Well, you better hurry up and get in your car and head to Whataburger then. That's where we're headed. All right, well, we uh, we got some exciting things hopefully planned for the next few weeks. We've got a, uh opportunity to bring our friend Point Break Dave back online for a uh, couple episodes. He's apparently got some real strong opinions about the Brazil Olympics, so we look forward to that. And uh, obviously more talk about the great game of baseball. Sounds good to me. 